You're listening to The Watchlist with Patty and Bill. Welcome back to The Watchlist with Patty and Bill. You can check out all of our past episodes by logging on to thewatchlistpod.com. You can also engage with us on your social media at symbol the watchlist pod. You can also subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure that you go to your Amazon Echo Alexa enabled device and say, Alexa, listen to the watchlist with Patty and Bill podcast. All righty. Yeah. This is gonna this is gonna be a short episode. We've only yeah. got three things to talk about collectively. Right. Yes. So we are I don't know if we should save the Mandalorian for last. Should we just get Emma out of the way? Well, yeah, let's then- uh, get Emma and then that will lead into the other one because Emma stars the same person as the Queen's Gambit. Yeah. So I started watching this Emma. Mm-hmm. And it's billed as this comedy, and it is a comedy. Yeah, but the story itself is a comedy of type sorts. Yes, but and I've mentioned it on this show before. I'm tired of people doing movies that are set first of all a couple of hundred years ago, or whenever the fuck this thing is set, because it, you you lock yourself into a very monochromatic cast. I feel. Unless you do something way out of the box, like The Great, mm-hmm. where you cast a wide variety of, of actors to play historically Russian roles, which I thought was very bold. But I just could not get through Emma. I found myself fast forwarding through it mm-hmm. because she was just so entitled and so snobby. And 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 every okay. time I would stop it and watch it, ah, oh, she was just so, such a princess. Jane Austen, who wrote Emma, before she began the novel, she wrote, I am going to create a heroine whom no one but myself much like. Meaning, she planned to have Emma be a character nobody's going to really like. But I wonder why, though. Why not? That's just a more interesting thing to write about. It's a, a more interesting thing to create is here's somebody that, that I, the writer, I, I love everything about her, but she is so flawed and, and ignorant and spoiled and stubborn and self-satisfied that there's not much to like about her for other people to like. And let me show you the inner workings of someone like this how they meddle in other people's lives because they think they're so smart and how they think they know how to match people together and they understand love and that kind of thing and re- and show people that they don't know nothing. Was So that maybe one of these flaws of hers you might see in yourself to recognize it and perhaps change your ways. Have you seen any other version of Emma? No, I haven't. And I kind of liked it that way so I could go into this one. Well, I think that's what you need to have the background in in order to appreciate how this one is different from all of the others. Emma's been done a bajillion times. Clueless is actually a version of Emma. Oh, is that why? Okay, well, then I've seen Clueless. Yeah, but Clueless is a little different because it's not portraying Emma 
as the entitled princess that she is. Well, they kind and of do. They kind of do, but not in the same way so far as I've seen, because I'm not even quite halfway through yet of this one. What I've noticed the stark differences in this one versus the other ones, like the one with Gwyneth Paltrow, and I'm sure there's a bajillion others, but that's the one that comes to mind immediately, is in this one, we are seeing the servants around them doing what servants did back in 1815-ish times. Where they're helping, where they are not helping them get dressed, they are dressing them, and they are at the beck and call of of the you know lord and lady of the manor. Where you've we've never, I have never noticed, seen this before in any of these period pieces, where how they are treated like just a a thing on the side. Have it's you just a thing there that they don't even really exist unless they're needed. Have you ever not? Have you ever seen Downton Abbey? Downton Abbey is totally different. How is that? It is, did you were you paying attention to this? Because in Downton Abbey, they weren't just you know throwing things at the people. No, they were not. Exactly. No, they and, were not. And, and this Downton one, is very the, the, upstairs, the, downstairs. So yes, you, you where and you seem like, and it seems more like they're friends with each other on Downton Abbey. They are more friendly to their servants than the people are in this. Oh, yes, by far. And by that, far. See, that's what I'm talking about. And all of the things we've seen, we've never seen them be so dismissive of human beings in the same room. Oh, which I couldn't stand. But that's the, that's what's interesting, because I think that is far more realistic to what things were like back then. And we, in modern day, can't even fathom that kind of thing. But I and but I take it through a 2020 lens. Well, yes, of, which is why I'm like, wow, that is it, probably how these people were treated. And it and but that's exactly why. And I've had this discussion with a friend of a friend of ours named Terry. What's up, Terry? Uh, of exactly the reason why I cannot watch Emily in Paris. I have movie. I. I haven't even gone to that one because I already saw some. I didn't read the article, but I saw a headline of like everything that's wrong with Emily in Paris and the stereotypes surrounding it. I'm like, okay, I'm not even going to go there then. Right. There, there, I don't want to be pissed off. That movie is getting the audience that it is because people are hate watching it. Oh, so yeah. Um, which still means that people it. are watching it. I refuse mm -hmm. to watch it because I don't want to see that kind of entitlement happen. And, yeah, even and before I saw that headline, when I saw like, you know, when oh, I hate when on Netflix, when you like, Stop on something oh. to read the description. It starts to play. Yes, I hate that too. And as I that really started do. to play, I'm like, okay, you've given me the exact reason not to ever watch this because this just looks like garbage to start with. And I tried to so. ignore Emma because when I watched that trailer, it looked exactly the same kind of privilege. Okay. I'm not arguing the fact that it's probably the way things were. Mm -hmm. And especially when you're dealing with only what a two hour movie, you're you're never yeah, going to get into yeah, the lives of the you. servants. You're never going to get into those interpersonal relationships. You're never going to do all of that. Well, which in Emma has is the actual story of Emma, at least what I know of it. It doesn't really get into the servants or their relationships. And for every version I've seen, like you barely even noticed that they were there. I mean, they were hardly there. This it's like. <sighs> Their interactions with these people are very in your face. 
I, very I just, in your face. I just couldn't. I I just couldn't Which, watch it all the way through without fast forwarding, and then I got to the end. And there you go. I'm glad I could say I actually at least thumbed <laughs> through it. Well, and this is really showing, like the other version I saw, you're, you're a little more, um, uh, she's a more, I can't think of the right word, The more a more lovable type of character. And this, you're seeing, you know, how ignorant she is of everything around her it's like blatant how ignorant she is and just how how entitled she feels like this that, girl must be my friend and i will make her life better because that is what i do precisely in the other versions we don't get to see how horrible emma is until the scene where she's yelling at miss bates emma is is she's like kind of in charge of the world of this little tiny world and miss bates is just trying to be polite and be gratiating and you know and she's just you know a nervous person because this everything about emma you know it, she's like so high class and she's trying to be impressive to her and just you know be worthy of her attention essentially and when you know emma's just like so over her and she says some really nasty shit and i think frank churchill was there at the time at least in the version I watched, it was, you know, that kind of thing. It was just like, wow, Emma, what kind of a bitch are you? You didn't yes. need to do that. And, and that's, that's why I couldn't in, watch in the, it. Well, in the past versions, that is the moment you realize, wow, Emma, what a bitch you are. This, it's like from day one, you're like, yeah, this chick's kind of a bitch. Man. She's a douchebag. Yeah, because from the first scene, you see her walking. She gets up stupid early in the morning. It's still... Oh, dark 30. She's got the servant boy following her with this lantern in front of her all the way to the greenhouse. And then, you know, she's pointing at the flowers she wants cut to the other person that's with her, the maid or whatever. And I'm like, so you've made them get up at oh, dark 30 with you because you have this special thing, but you can't do any of these things yourself. You can't carry a lantern and cut flowers on your own. Precisely. You need people to do it for you. So from that moment on, you see... Yeah, and the opening words on the screen too. It's like wow. But but wow. okay, so you you kind of made my point though. Well, yes, but I'm just saying this version is pointing all that out that all the other versions kind of push to the side. So, which is why I'm I'm like I'm gonna keep watching this because this this is a a I don't know it just hit, puts a brighter shinier lens on this whole storyline. The now I will say two things though. One, it is to the actress's credit mm -hmm. that I hated her so much. Oh, and yeah. that is and that is a point that we have made on our show countless times. That if I believe in your character so much that I that I really can't stand you or I have that kind of visceral reaction to you, you are doing a really good job. Yes. She played that privilege to the nth degree. And as an actress doing a role, she did great. This yeah. movie was on point. It looked like it was of the time. And to your point, it was probably more accurate to the time in terms of who was at what station and how mm -hmm. people were treated and all that. But I just couldn't stand her. <laughs> And why am I going to sit there 
and watch that where not only am I getting angry at, at myself watching this, getting angry at her, but if I wanted to watch Privilege, there are a whole other a whole other slew of movies <laughs> that are way better, and Clueless is one of them. So my question to you is, what you saw, because you said you didn't finish it or you were skimming I No, I, I haven't finished it yet. What do you think of it so far? And are you going to continue watching it? I'm totally going to finish this off because I want to see what they do and if they even try to make her more likable later on. Because I, right. I know how that I know the whole story, but I know how it ends. So I'm just so, wondering, does she, does she become more likable towards the end or is she, are you still like, God damn it, you know? So to be continued in this conversation? Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if you want to talk about it again. But no, I would I, love I to. I feel like this one, this version may not have been meant for people who are seeing this story for the first time or who didn't realize Clueless was a version of Emma. Well, I think because this is. I think because of the way they're treating this, people who are familiar with the story and really like the story of Emma might have more interest in how they're portraying her in this version than, uh, you know. Uh, somebody and brand I, new to it would be like what the, this is crap you know and i think it is part of a slew of movies that are geared toward exactly who you are seeing on screen you think so i do because if i look at emily in paris if i look at this version of emma if even if i look at enola holmes i'm looking at who these audiences are and the, it is catering to that entitled, whatever generation is called, whatever these days, but that Instagram generation of, I have to have a million followers entitlement. So when you see movies like that, and, and, and I put Enola Holmes kind, way at the bottom of that list. Don't get me wrong, because I actually like that movie. But... When you have movies of that and you see whatever stations they are, I think that's somebody's either guilty pleasure or, oh, yeah, that movie is totally rad and I totally want to be her. Hmm. But again, to be continued. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know that this is particularly. I, I'll have to look into that because I don't know if this is particularly catering to that type of person. But it would depend I don't know. to. I mean, I don't know. And, and maybe we should look on Netflix just to watch those shitty trailers, which automatically pop up for similar movies hmm. to see. Okay. Because I bet you now, especially pandemically speaking, oh God, yeah. they're, they're, they are catering to very specific audiences with things to secure an audience. Yeah. yeah. I think it's much more calculated. Although, unfortunately, with the algorithm of Netflix and what you've seen, those things may not come up for me at all. So I'm going to have to do some Googling to find out what I should be seeing if that's what I want to find. But I would say, you know, log on to Emily in Paris and then look at similar stuff. You know, and then maybe <laughs> okay. click on that similar stuff and fuck with the algorithm a little bit. But anyway, we're oh, digressing. God, I don't want to be served up so much of that kind of shit. 
but again, going to like, how I'll make a new account. I know. Uh, <laughs> no, see, that's just way too up that kind of shit. Because I don't want it ruining my, my feed. There. That's right. I don't want it to ruin my flow, man. I get yeah, I all wanna, the shit I in my pull feed. All that crap up for me. But to anyway. the point of how good that actress is, to your recommendation, I watched the first episode of Queen's Gambit. Yeah, oh, and it was wow. fucking good, wasn't it? Though, or is it? It's it just gets better from there, man. It just gets. Does better it really? Yes. Oh my god. Okay, yes. because I, you know, when we originally were going to record this show, neither one of us had seen much of anything. <laughs> so you needed to rewatch the episode of Mandalorian because you only had it on in the background, yeah. and I hadn't seen Queen's Gambit. So I promised you I would watch episode one of Queen's Gambit. Episode one of Queen's Gambit, I didn't want to end. Ooh, cool. It was really well done and didn't mm -hmm. do things that I thought that they might do. Oh. Especially, and, and it's, so this girl who is eventually played by, what is the actress's name? Anya Taylor-Joy. So we see when her character is a little girl that, her mother was involved in a very fatal car crash, which she survived after the father left the family. And you see in the first episode, all of this set up and she is orphaned. And back then there were orphanages. So she goes to live at this orphanage, but you see in flashback that her mother is actually a doctor because there's this scene where she just goes off the deep end. I and maybe you they explain why she goes off the deep end throughout the whole um series of episodes uh because this is a limited series throughout the whole show you get flashbacks of her and her mom and what mom's doing and you know kind of how she ended up where she ended up but you get very much that the mother was brilliant because you see that the mother is burning things in the yard because the man left. And it is not for the man's lack of trying. He does try. As you swaddle yourself in blanket because I'm you are so chilling. so cold all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> so Laura gets the same way. She gets fidgety. She gets hot. She gets cold. She gets hot. She gets mm -hmm. cold. But you see before she burns it, the daughter pick up this book of of. of was it science or psychology or something? But something no, or was it her diploma? It was her diploma. Okay. I thought. I don't remember. And mm. and you see that she is brilliant. So when the daughter, who eventually grows up, when she's in the orphanage, she sees the custodian of the orphanage play chess with himself. And she is so smart, she picks up the game by watching him play. But at the same time, this was when they drugged kids as well. Yeah. So part of it is that she's also in this drug-induced stupor, which gets her addicted. Which they're, they're told they're like vitamins. They aren't told that they're drugs at all. Right. And they are psychotropic drugs. Yeah. So the, the girl who ends up befriending her, who has been there for years mm -hmm. and is probably about to age out, that kind of like 17-year-old-ish girl, she says, save these for later. It'll help you sleep. Yeah. And she does, but it also helps her envision 
even in shadows on the ceiling, a chessboard. And she's so smart, she envisions the chessboard upside down, playing it in reverse. So she eventually, through this just episode one, beats Mm -hmm. the entire local high school chess club before she ODs. And that is the end of episode one. It is so good. I can't wait to watch episode two. Yeah, but her whole, just her whole, it's, it's amazing, really. It's, I, I absolutely love this show. So Queen's Gambit on Netflix, how many episodes are there? There are a total of seven episodes. And each one is about an hour. Mm-hmm. Watch it. It's really good. Yeah. Really, really good. Yeah. And, and seeing a, a show that takes place in like the 50s, 60s about a girl who is friggin' brilliant and into chess, into chess is just so different, so new to me. And very much needed as a counterbalance to something like Emma. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would much rather see this kind of drama. If you're going to do period pieces and you're going from, when, when is Emma? Like the it's 1800s? The, the book came out in 1815. It's um, Regency era England. So you're going from the 1800s white privilege to the 1950s. Uh, yeah, 50s and 60s. It 50s and 60s. 60s. Yeah. Because the, the present day in this show is 1960-something. Mm-hmm. And then you, and you see her in flashback get to where she is, where she begins this episode, which is about to play a grandmaster at chess. It's it's just such a nice way, like you said, to see women portrayed in girls as smart and yeah. inquisitive. And, and uh, yes, they might be lonely, but they don't need to do anything. They can have their natural gifts. Yeah. And, you know, she's a very flawed person as well, even though she's Ex- brilliant extremely. and is great at chess. She's very flawed. So watch Queen's Gambit. Absolutely. Before you watch Mandalorian or after you watch Mandalorian. Right. Whatever. Yeah. So I and Laura, I love you. I made Laura get up at 730 in the morning last Friday to watch the episode before she went to work. (laughs) Well, because and honestly, I thought that we would be talking about it, you know, sooner. So Ah. I didn't want to watch it without her because that would make me feel bad. Mm -hmm. But I was also so excited that I also didn't want to see spoilers. And from what I've seen, the Internet has been very good about spoilers. I haven't seen anybody talking about it yet at all, to be honest with you, other than like, you know, the usual nerdist type websites and whatnot. But I didn't read anything. So This episode is so full of Easter eggs that... It's it's it it just brings me to giddy joy <laughs> watching this episode and even Laura, who was a fan, I mean not my level of fan and certainly not other people's level of fan, but she even looked at me and said, "Is that a womp rat? Was that supposed to be a womp rat?" Mm. And I instantly was like, "Oh, I love you. That was cool that you even <laughs> just brought that up." But there. Uh, there are just so many little things that harken back 
to the prequel trilogy, the original trilogy. And it, it's, oh my God, I can't even, I can't wait to watch it again. It's just so good. But anywho, mm-hmm. the, this this episode begins where the last episode of last season left off, where he is trying to find the planet of the species to which the child belongs. And his journey takes him to Tatooine. And the wackiness ensues from there, Star mm-hmm. Wars fans, Ooh. and it's awesome. So you're saying he's trying to find the planet of baby Yodas. <laughs> as much as <laughs> my friends out there, did you hear the sigh that I had in the silence that followed? I, I am. I love I instantly when I first saw that character, I was like, oh, my God, it's baby Yoda. But it is not a baby Yoda. It is a baby same species as Yoda. Tell that to the entire internet. I get it. I absolutely get it. But I, and I'm still, but, but honestly, folks, I'm, I'm just bullshitting with you. I'm not trying to be in a feed snob. <laughs> I, st- I still call it fucking baby Yoda because it's cute as fuck. It is. But I I try to wean myself <laughs> from that and try very consciously to call it the child. There are so many things and and beginning with a with a sort of um, like a collection of graffiti on a wall, you see C3PO's picture. You see a droid that you have not seen since the original Star Wars. You see a pod from the original pod race in episode one. It is just so chock full of Star Wars goodness that I can honestly say it is the best. The Mandalorian is the best Star Wars outside of the original trilogy and Rogue One. Hmm. That's been words there, man. Yeah, I know. Well, they they definitely fucked up the prequel trilogy oh geez yes and then different directors fucked up the sequel trilogy you could tell where they were going it was on a right track then somebody took a left turn and then they had to do the three left turns to get back on course to make the right and it was just (sighs) anyhow anyhow it was just ultimately frustrating but watch the mandalorian and I think you'll get it. Uh, how big of a Star Wars fan are you? I'm always thought I was a pretty big Star Wars fan, but I feel I'm starting to learn that there are others who are much bigger than me. So when um, I mean, apparently I missed the graffiti with C-3PO. I don't know how I didn't see it. I just didn't even see it. When he when he comes to that little town. On Tatooine. Mm-hmm. I think it's on Tatooine. No, 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 no. It's on the other planet where he goes to the boxing match with okay. the two Gamorrean guards. Okay. Which, harken back to Return of the Jedi, he's looking at the graffiti on a wall and quite and quite plain as day, there is an image of a golden man with big yellow eyes and uh, that is supposed to be C-3PO. I completely missed it. I think it was because 
after the first time around, I saw in the closing credits that John Leguizamo was in this episode. So yes. I went back. So when I was watching again, I, I was trying to figure out who is John Leguizamo without looking up who he plays. I Did wanted you to figure it out? I still I don't hear his voice on any of these people. Would you like to know? It's not yeah, a yeah, spoiler. Yeah, you can tell me. You can tell me. Yeah. He's the one-eyed dude who the Mandalorian went to go see at the boxing match. So he was sitting next to the guy at the boxing match? Yeah. The one that the Mandalorian said, you know, the guy says Ch a child shouldn't see this. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that John Leguizamo. Sound like him. Yeah, that's John Leguizamo. Didn't even sound like him, man. But I tell you this, folks. Anyway. The best part of this episode happens in the exact last 30 seconds. And I am never going to spoil anything for our listeners. All okay. 45 of them. And thank you very much for yeah, that. Yeah, thank you. Watch it. You will not be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the next one's not until Friday. Right. New episodes drop every Friday on Disney Plus. So as long as you have a subscription to Disney Plus, you will get it. The original uh, Mandalorian short series was eight episodes. This is chapter nine. They do them in chapters. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. There's our show. That's that was quick thing, and easy. Right? Yeah, there nice. you go. So do me a favor, everybody. Log on to thewatchlistpod.com. Click on that contact us button. Let us know what you thought of the Mandalorian. Did you like it? Uh, are you, What are you looking for the most? Or tell us how much you fucking hate Emma, but love Queen's Gambit, or vice versa. I would love to hear your thoughts. Also, you can log on to thewatchlistpod.com and check out our past episodes. You can also engage with us on your social media at symbol the watchlist pod. And you can also, also subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts and pretty please with sugar on top subscribe to us and then make sure you you give us a nice thumbs up on apple as well but then tell your alexa enabled device alexa play the watch list with patty and bill podcast and as we record this the eagles are about to win yay go birds yay okay well, thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We will catch you later this week. Yes. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.